Want a smoother contour and more youthful-looking cheeks? Rediscover a younger-looking you by adding volume to the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC, part of the number one selling collection of dermal fillers, based on January 2022 provider survey data. With help from Juvederm Voluma XC and a licensed specialist, you can achieve a more youthful cheek look completely customized for your goals. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Welcome to the Men's Journal Everyday Warrior Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Sorelli. I'm proud to partner with Pendleton Whiskey. Pendleton Whiskey just released its fourth annual, We've Got Your Sixth, limited edition military bottle to honor veterans of the United States Armed Forces. Pendleton Whiskey has pledged to donate $100,000 of proceeds to support the Bob Woodruff Foundation, which helps create healthy, positive futures for our service members, veterans, and their families. Go to PendletonWhiskey.com and check out their cocktails page, which provides a Western spin on your classic cocktails. All right, let's get to it. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Welcome to the Men's Journal Everyday Warrior Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Sorelli. Uh, today we have a, uh, a guest who needs no introduction. And if you don't know who he is, you are actually the uh, the problem. Uh, Dan Marino is one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Uh, 17 years with the Miami Dolphins and still holds dozens of records. I think when you left uh, or, or retired, you held over 40 at that time. Wasn't that correct? Yeah, Mike. Uh, well, thank you for bringing it up. That's, uh, that's awesome. Yeah, I uh, pretty much, you know, when I left, you know, nowadays guys are break, gradually breaking all of them, but I had pretty much all of them and uh, was very proud of that. And um, then, then, then Brett Favre comes along and then you got Drew Brees and Tom Brady and Peyton Manning and they all start kind of picking away at my records, but that's okay. It's uh, it's part of life sometimes, but uh, man, I enjoyed it. 17 years, I had a great time. Well, I'll tell you what, if the next generation isn't breaking our records, then we failed uh, We failed them. Uh, I'm sure you laid the path uh, to success for a lot of them, and, and I, I think that holds true in any profession, is the next generation comes in and does one better. Um, I want to talk a little about football, but you've had a lot of time to reflect post-career, uh, and, and I'm sure you have a lot of valuable lessons for our, our, our listeners. Um, so mainly want to talk about leadership uh, and, and habits both on and off the, uh, the, uh, the, the football field. First off, what do you consider to be your greatest accomplishment uh, in your career, whether football or, or post-career? Well, I think uh, to, to me, what you never, when you go in a league, you never believe you, you, you believe you're going to be successful. You have that confidence, but you know, to be able to play 17 years and then uh, get, you know, picked to go into the hall of fame, Canton, Ohio, was uh, that was special to have be able to do that in front of my dad, family, and friends, and and I remember going, my dad taking me to Canton when I was like eight years old. Uh, we drove from Pittsburgh over there just for the day with some other friends, and then you know you never imagined that years later when I was you know forty forty two years old I go 
into the Hall of Fame. So to me, that's a, uh, a huge accomplishment because it's like it's football heaven. And uh, uh, that's th- that was amazing. You know, Dan, I always uh, wondered because you were highly recruited out of high school. Was the University of Pittsburgh uh, that decision solely because of family to be close to them? Well, <clears throat> I think, uh, yeah, that and then and, and go there. I grew up basically in the same neighborhood that the university is located. Uh, I could walk from my house to the 50 yard line of the stadium. Um, you know, a lot, <clears throat> a lot of kids that go to college don't have that, you know, that kind of opportunity. Uh, so I was always really going to go to Pitt. <clears throat> Excuse me. They had a uh, really good football team, you know, before I got there and uh, some, some great players. And, and uh, that was special for me. And then besides that, you know, I was able to go to school all year round and then I could go home and, you know, my mother would do my laundry. So I didn't have to worry about that stuff. So, no, that was it was uh, no, it was special. Yeah. To go there. Smart decision in a lot of ways. Uh, during your football career, who was most influential? Because we, we are all the product of great coaches and mentors. Uh, we never do it on our own. Uh, who is that mentor or coach that was there to cheer you on when you were victorious? But more importantly, to pick you up uh, when you were not. So I will tell you that. uh you know, I had some great coaches, Don Shula, you know, Jackie Sherrill, Jimmy Johnson. All those guys are incredible and incredible to me uh, as a player and uh, as, as someone that was a good example, all of them. But I would say the best coach I ever had in my life was my dad and what, you know, he accomplished in his life uh, for his family and being, you know, a truck driver, working weekends as a landscaper, and just the hard work that he put in for his family the examples that, that I learned from him uh, about understanding people and the relationships in, in your life is, uh, was so important to me. But, you know, he was, he, was, he was like a coach, but he wasn't really a coach, you know, more of a life coach, but understood football and understood life. What was the best advice he ever gave you, the one that stuck with you? You know, uh, as far as relationships are uh, concerned, the, the best one is – um, I would say he always said, treat people the way you want to be treated and life will be fine, you know, and, and uh, understand that it could be, you know, the guy that's coming to pick up your garbage or it could be, you know, the president of the United States. You treat them all how you want to be treated and, and, and you'll be in good shape. I always Let thought that you. was very good. I always thought that was a pretty good one. It's the golden rule. Why would you treat anyone uh, otherwise? And I say, you know what really changes it when you have a daughter, especially how you treat women, it becomes even more poignant. Um, but, you know, my, my old man is, uh, and he hates being called my old man. My dad is now in his uh, his 70s, just celebrated his uh, 76th birthday. Uh, do you remember a time you, you sat your old man down and said, hey, I, I just want you to to know you, you did good by your family and, and everything I have is is because of you? Yeah, you know, I'd, uh, I I don't remember the exact time, but I used, always used to have discussions with him and talk to him about how, you know, he was so important in my life and, and the things he taught me. And we always, you know, ended with, you know, I love you, man, and, and uh, looking forward to seeing you. And I was fortunate enough that when he retired, he came to Florida, was able to see a lot of my football games and live close and see my kids grow up. And it was uh, always just this. It was excellent. It was important. It was great. Well, you know, uh, a lot of players respected the hell out of you. I know a lot. You, you, know, a lot, you, you hear the, uh, the the footage. A lot of Miami Dolphins look to you as the leader. But who is that player that you respected the most, either on your team or that you played against during your career? 
Well, I mean, when I first came in the league, uh, there's my backup quarterback actually was Don Strzok. And he was in, you know, I don't know, a lot of people might not remember him, but he was in his 11th year and I was in my first. And he was, he became an extremely close friend and also an important player in my life and on those teams because he was like my coach. Like we didn't even have a quarterback coach back then. Now they have two quarterback coaches, you know, every, every team, but he, he really uh, taught me how to play the game, how to work the, the, you know, a lot of things that uh, to me were so important when I was, you know, 21, 22 years old. Um, and then, you know, other guys like Dwight Stevenson, who's in the hall of fame was my center <clears throat> things he went through, but, still, uh, you know, was able to go out and play and, and, and play that, you know, that uh, probably the best center to ever play. But to play at that level, uh, he did only do it for eight years and then get in the Hall of Fame. So he was special also. The, well, I, I, that must be a very – he must have had so little ego knowing that this young college quarterback is coming in and taking his job and to still to be a coach and, and somewhat of a mentor to him sounds like, like a, an amazing individual. Yeah, Don was, uh, <clears throat> he was, uh, yeah, exactly. He hit it right on the head. I mean, you know, he knew it was going to probably be my job sooner or later. But, you know, the thing is, it's a team, a team game. You're yeah. all working together. And he understood that he was in his 11th year and I was, you know, my first year. And, and uh, he wanted to help me. You know, he, uh, I felt like it was important to him and, and, and he did. And he really did help me. 17 years in the league. That is insane. When that time came, were you ready to hang it up or was that one of the toughest decisions in your life? You know, that, that was tough, Mike, because you always feel like you can still play. <laughs> uh, and I felt like I could have played a, a couple more years. Um, but at the same time, I had some injuries, you know, knees, uh, thing in my neck and, and, uh, and like lost my feeling in my arm that last year for couldn't play for like six weeks. The doctor said, if it happens again, it could be worse. You know, you, so your mind starts thinking about all those things. And I was like, well, I played 17 years, all one place, had an incredible career, you know, had a, uh, uh, you know, just so many things to be happy for in my NFL career. And I thought about going somewhere else. I thought about Minnesota or Pittsburgh. They're both teams that kind of came after me a little bit, but I thought, being a dolphin for life and starting to spend some time with my family and, and not have to worry about the injuries anymore was a big part of my decision. It's, it's amazing when you think about it. I mean, you guys really do sacrifice your body for the love of the sport. I mean, that is, that is obsession. That is passion, um, which are usually the, uh, the same things. When you did transition, did you have a plan in place or, or was that, was that smooth or was that more difficult than you thought going from career uh, you know, franchise football player to uh, retiree in a sense? Yes. Um, that's a good question because I get that a lot. And uh, <clears throat> it was tough, really tough because your body, especially when the summer came and it's time to get in shape for football camp and, you know, your body and your mind is like, I, you know, I got to get ready for football. And then all of a sudden that's not there. And it, it was like almost like to the point where, you know, you want to go to the games and just sit there and, 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 and you know, just to be around it, be around the players. Uh, the transition part at, besides that, you know, I started doing some television for HBO. So it yes. kept me kind of involved a little bit and being a part of the game, but actually, you know, doing TV was okay. So I got a little taste of that. 
and ended up doing a lot more of that as, as years went on for CBS and HBO. But that that was the the transition. I don't I don't know if you ever really transitioned because you played. I've been I was doing that since I was eight years old, and then now I was thirty eight, and now it's not there anymore, which uh, is tough. And a lot of guys struggle with that too because it's uh, it's not easy. It, it it almost becomes part of your DNA. And I would never equate my profession to to what you guys did, but watching a lot of uh, the career special operations guys get out, yeah. it's. It's uh, and I'm sure you miss running onto that field on Sunday. I'm sure that's like no other uh, feeling in the world. Yeah, I mean, and also, I mean, I know you just mentioned that the respect I have for all the special op guys and the people that protect our country. I mean, it's it's overwhelming. It's it's incredible. And uh, yeah, so you always yearn, I guess, for that action and to go out on the field or do whatever it may do do to, that that you love. So it's it's hard to uh, it's hard to to. I don't know. Give it up, I guess. That's the thing. Yeah. To let go. All right. Success and failure, uh, both vitally important to any career. Uh, what did you learn more from, success or failure? I think, uh, well, it's a combination, but I guess the failure part, because you learn, you know, you learn from the failures that you make in your life and decisions you make in your life, and hopefully you don't make them again. That's what you learn from. So you can be more successful the next time. I mean, so they go hand in hand. So it would be to me probably, a, yeah. And I, I think that's something I probably got from my dad too. He says, he'd always say, don't be afraid to fail. You know, you're trying to succeed, but if you fail, it's okay. Cause you learn from it and then you're going to succeed and succeed the next time, which I always thought was pretty cool. Yeah. That's, that's great advice. Well, we already talked about your, your greatest accomplishment, which was the, the aggregate effort of getting you into the hall of fame. What do you consider to be your biggest failure? while leading the Miami Dolphins as their quarterback? Well, that's an easy one. That's an easy one. Not, you know, not getting to the Super Bowl again after I got to the Super Bowl in my second year, which I was, you know, the youngest quarterback. I think I still am the youngest quarterback to start in the Super Bowl and lose and then not get back, you know, the rest of my career. Not with that, not know what that feeling is like to win that championship. Now, break all the records, all the other things, win a ton of games, but don't know what that, that just that, Last game on Sunday, the championship, and, and you win. What does that feel? What does that feel like? It, it's amazing for a man that's accomplished all that, that that would still, that's still there. And, and quite selfishly, I grew up in Palo Alto, California. I still remember that at the age of seven, uh, watching that. Well, couldn't make it into the stadium because I was too young. Uh, my dad and my brother had tickets, so I had to watch it on TV. But we remember that Super Bowl uh, as vividly as possible because I think that was the, the, the one and last time that it was ever ha- held at uh, Stanford Stadium. But, oh, yeah. No, yeah. No, it was like a home game for the 49ers. Oh, yeah. They totally had a home field advantage. So what are those uh, one to three uh, tenants, those non-negotiables, the, those things that you credit uh, that have led to the majority of your success, drive, discipline? What, what are the things that you, you now preach to your kids or young players? Oh, I would think, uh, you know, as far as athletics concerned, um, it's uh, – to make sure you feel that you've done enough and worked hard enough to be successful and not to look back and say, well, I wish I would have worked harder. I wish I would have studied a little harder uh, to be successful and, and kind of leave it uh, on the field, I guess, uh, in every way. But just to make sure that you work, like if it's working out, if it's, you know, if it's the mental part of the game, then it's the physical part of the game to make sure you've 
established yourself and felt good about everything and how you prepared up to that point when you get, you know, your test, which would be a game or, you know, anything like that. I think that's one of the big things. And, and, you know, in life, I guess it's, you know, what my dad said, it's, you know, treating people the way you want to be treated and, and always learning from relationships and learning from the experiences that you have with other people and kind of looking forward to uh, just being able to, I don't know, what's the word, bring that along and part of your life and part of your kids' lives. Uh, those, those are things that I think to me are, are extremely important. It's amazing that you, you, you talk about preparation. Uh, I know uh, there's a phrase, fortune favors the bold. I actually believe fortune favors the prepared in that a lot of battles in our space are won before you even step onto the battlefield. I'm sure that holds true for football. If you put the work in, uh, if you put the time in studying your opponent, the, 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 the victory is already secured. And it seems like it uh, becomes easier, actually. Yeah. You know, you know, when you're that prepared and you're ready to roll, that, that, that it's, 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 part, it's, uh, it's almost like it's to perfection, which how how you want it to work. Dan, one more question, and then I want to get to, to what's next for you and your passion projects that you're working on. So we, we asked this last question. When all is said and done, and that time comes for Dan Marino, how are you going to look back on your life and evaluate whether you've lived a life of impact and purpose? Um, I would look back on it and say that I made an impact uh, on other people's lives in a positive way, especially you know in uh, my pursuit of helping children with autism because my son Michael was was born autistic and and it's been a long time now he's 30 years but I've always felt like I wanted to help people in a different way the ones that couldn't get the help the things they needed that had developmental disabilities like my son Michael because he had great opportunities because I was in a position to help him and uh, I think that's something that you know I'll look back on and I'll you know when right now you know look back on and I'm extremely proud of you know and that and then the other thing is just that you know i love the game i love people the relationships the relationships i've built up over the years i think i've people look at me and say hey you know what he, he was he was a good man and a good guy so we have a motto here with the everyday warrior concept it's uh get stuff done make stuff happen do it all again tomorrow what is next for dan marino what are the passion projects that you're working on right now well, one is what I just talked about was the foundation and uh, continuing to do that and build that as much as I can. And the other uh, is, you know, I, I got both of my knees done. So two knee replacements and I put some weight on and, and uh, I started to uh, work for Nutrisystem, which I've done work with them, you know, for years. But of late, you know, I, I, I put some weight on and now I've taken it off. But uh, I think it's really for men and helping them understand that you have to be in shape and the fact that Nutrisystem can help you through uh, the, the diet plan that they do. And, and uh, it has been something that, uh, to me, really, uh, you see people that will come up to me and say, hey, you know, I got on the program, the Nutrisystem quote, the, the system, and it, it makes it easy for men because basically the guy doesn't want to work that hard at it, except if it gets there, you know, you get it in your front door, the meals are, you know, five, six meals a day and they take all the planning out of it. You know, it's just it's planned for you. Yeah. Right. So and then if you do it, you lose the weight. You feel good about yourself. Your body feels better. And that's something that uh, I always felt good about when people come up to me and they say, you know, my husband, a, a wife would say, you know, been on Nutrisystem. He lost a bunch of weight. He feels better about his life. 
and uh, to me, that's pretty cool. That is pretty uh, pretty cool. And I know with the rise in obesity, uh, hey, we all want to be the best version of ourselves. Uh, is it as simple as people going to Nutrisystem.com? Is that the best way yeah, to, to, to find uh, it? it? Be, yeah, it would be Nutrisystemformen.com. And uh, you can get a special deal if you go on here uh, soon as far as the price of the food if you go online and order some of it. And your work with autism, if anyone wants to make a donation, where, where, where can they make a donation there? DanMarinoFoundation.org. Yeah, that's it. And the foundation, and, you know, I, I feel like we've made a big impact, and I, I appreciate it. Well, sir, I can't thank you enough for joining us. That was uh, definitely a lot of nuggets of wisdom there for, for uh, both our listeners and myself. And uh, to speak to a legend that I watched growing up, um, this has been uh, special for me. So, well, again, thank you from myself and all the listeners and Men's Journal as well. Well, thank you, Mike. I appreciate it. And thank you for what you've done in your life. So that's awesome. Appreciate all right, it. guys. Thank all you, Dan. Right. And for all the listeners, thank you for joining the Men's Journal Everyday Warrior podcast. We will see you again. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Men's Journal Everyday Warrior podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and pick up a new issue of Men's Journal Magazine. Men's Journal Magazine has features on health and fitness, adventure and travel, style, and my favorite, the coolest gear hitting the market today. Until next time, I'm Mike Sorelli, and thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us on another episode of the Men's Journal Everyday Warrior Podcast. Hey, whatever platform you utilize to listen to our podcast, please, please leave a review. We read all of them. That's how we get better. And lastly, again, thank you to our sponsor, Pendleton Whiskey. We've got your six. Cheers.